All right, turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6 and Matthew 22. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. If you'll open to that passage, open to Ephesians 6, and then put a marker at Matthew 22, all right? And uh, this is not a series. This is actually uh, a standalone message in the fact that the normally about this time of year, we do what we call a Vision Sunday, where I share with you a little bit of what happened in 2009 but I'm not going to share a lot because I, I want to tie it in with a message. And I try to do that every year. I actually believe the message that God gave me for this weekend, I think every one of you will want to hear it again. Whether you uh, uh, get a podcast of it or listen to it on the web or buy a CD or get a DVD or watch it on the web, I really think every one of you are going to want to listen to it again. The title is Principles That Produce Momentum. Principles that produce momentum. By the way, our annual report is available on the web. If you'd like to see what every department did uh, in the church, uh, maybe a department that you're involved in, uh, if you want to see the, the financial report, all of that is available. You just go to our website and look up annual report. It'll be on there for annual report for 2009. Uh, but I'm, I'll share with you a few details, but I really don't want, I just want to talk about the principles because I want you to think about this. Next month, we celebrate our 10th anniversary next month. April 23rd, 2000 is when we started this church. Uh, in the month of um, uh, February, last month, our average attendance was over 13,000 people. But we're not just gathering people, we're discipling people. We're making disciples. This isn't like a weekend Bible conference. This is a church where we are making an effect in this area and all over the world, in many nations around the world. And so there we have some momentum at Gateway. Would you agree with that? <laughs> so what I want to do is share with you some of the principles that produce the momentum that you see here. And these principles work in the family. They, they work in business. They work in life. So, I, again, I think you're going to, even though I'll relate them to the church, I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Let me just show you an example of a principle in Scripture that produces momentum. I just want to show you one example, all right? Ephesians 6, look at verse 2. Ephesians 6, verse 2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So it's not the first commandment, obviously, of the Ten Commandments, but it's the first one with a promise. That, here's the promise, this is a quote from Deuteronomy, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, a lot of people know the second part, that you may live long on the earth, but they don't know the first part is that it may be well with you. Some versions say that it may go well with you. And I don't know if you ever thought this, but I'm not sure you want to live long if it's not going well. So the promise is not that you just live long, but that it goes well with you. So here's the point. There's a principle. The principle is if you honor your mother and father, and by the way, it doesn't say if they're believers. It doesn't say if they do a lot of things right. It simply says you honor. Honor that position that they have in your lives. And if you do, things will go well with you. So this is a principle that produces momentum. You see what I'm saying? It'll produce a good momentum in your life. By the way, if you don't honor them, it will produce a negative momentum in your life. And that's where momentum comes from honoring principles in God's Word. So let me show you 
some uh, momentum, and I'm going to break this into three categories, all right? The first category is structural momentum. Structural momentum. We have structural momentum here at Gateway Church. In other words, we have a structure that is biblical in its foundation. And a, a lot of people don't have scriptural structure in their life. Therefore, there's chaos. There's no momentum. You can't move forward. If you think about an automobile, the reason that an automobile can move forward is it has structural momentum. And if it loses that structural momentum, it can't keep going forward. You see? So let me tell you, there, there's three areas of Gateway Church where we have structural momentum. Number one, scriptural church government. We have a scriptural church government. Now, let me just tell you, there are two types of church government that are wrong. And uh, many, many churches have these, and they're on each end of the spectrum. And, and I'm going to call them, I could give you the, the correct names, really pres Presbyterian rule and, and congregational rule, but let me give you a little bit of the exaggeration of them, all right? Uh, these are the ones that are wrong. There is a shepherd beater government and a sheep beater government. And let me tell you, well, here's what happens. You have a shepherd who is in a system where he gets beat up all the time. I mean, he just gets beat up. Well, what he'll do is he will leave that church and he'll go start a church that becomes a sheep beater church because he says nobody's going to beat up on me again. So he'll have no accountability in his life now, here's what will happen. The people will attend that church for a while. They'll get beat up on long enough. Then they'll go back to a shepherd beater church. They'll say, well, we've been beat up on enough. We're going to go back where we can beat up him if we don't like him. See? Okay, let me tell you what the scriptural government is. It's called servant leadership government. Servant leader. Uh, our government here is singular headship and plural leadership. Singular headship, plural leadership. In other words, we have a team of elders, and I submit to that team, although I'm the leader of the team. But I'm submissive to that team as a whole, yet each elder individually is submissive to me. The elders set broad guidelines that I function within during, and we meet once a month. They set these guidelines. When we walk out of that, that uh, meeting, I'm the leader of the church within those guidelines. If I step outside of those guidelines, then the elders can correct that. But as long as I stay within those guidelines, I am free to hear God and move the church in the way we should go. So there's a team, there's a singular head, but there's a team leadership. But also, outside of that eldership, then we have a senior team, executive pastors, staff pastors, worship pastors, all the pastors. We all move as a team. Every area of our church is set up in team ministry. Every area. Because of this, because of this, we have scriptural government here where there is ultimate freedom for the leader and ultimate accountability for the leader. And, and let me just tell you something. If you don't know this, you eat the fruit of that every week. You eat the fruit of a scriptural government that we have. So that's structural momentum. Here's a, a second structural momentum that we have, and that's clear vision and values. Clear vision and values. This is part of the structure that keeps Gateway on track. Now listen to me again. You need to apply this to your life. If you don't have correct accountability and scriptural government in your own life, you're not going anywhere. I can tell you that right now. And if you don't have clear vision and values, our clear vision is to see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, uh, equipped, and empowered for ministry. To see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, and empowered for ministry. That, that is our clear vision. We know our focus is we're all about people. And the way we accomplish that is we have some values that we hold to very dearly. 
uh, servanthood is one of our values. Humility is one of our values. If I see something that doesn't look like humility around here, uh, I'll address it immediately. Because God gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. One of the reasons we have momentum is because we walk in humility around here. Kindness is one of our values. Now, here, here's what I want to tell you. It is amazing that as we as a leadership espouse these values, you come into this atmosphere and you say, I like that. I, I like the, the uh, integrity that I see. That's one of our values. I like the excellence that I see, the excellence of ministry. I like the kindness. I like the humility. And then it's already in your heart, and you're becoming part of this family, but then it even goes farther in your own life. I was just thinking about this with this seminar. This seminar we did was packed out, totally packed. Um, and leaving the parking lot every, every night after the seminar, it was amazing to watch people let people in, and not, I, no one got killed. <laughs> and I know it's difficult to leave our parking lot. I understand that. That's why we're about to have a much better parking lot, all right? And we've got much better ingress and egress at the new South Lake campus than we do at the South Lake campus here. It's much better, much, much better. By the way, I forgot because I was so excited about my new grandchild. Greetings to North Richland Hills. <laughs> Greetings to Harkins. I'm sorry, grandbabies do that to you, okay? Uh, but uh, the kindness, I like kindness. Don't you like kindness? And when you come to Gateway Church, you sense kindness, you sense love, you sense compassion. So these are some of the vision and values that we espouse here. Uh, let me just uh, tell you a little bit, because our vision is we're all about people, let me just give you a few things that happened last year. 2,293 people received food, gas cards, and financial assistance. That's pretty good. Almost 2,300 people we helped in that way. 480 people were baptized. That's pretty good, isn't it? 2,400 women received ministry at Pink Impact. By the way, ladies, if you haven't registered for Pink Impact, you need to register. If you're a female, you should be at Pink Impact, no matter what you have to do. And this year, because we couldn't get everyone in last year, there's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday conference. Then there's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday conference. They're the exact same thing. Exact same speakers, everything, but you can choose which one might be better for you to attend, all right? And then 1,150 men attended the Alpha Summit. Um, by the way, we're all about people. I want to explain to you about that little slogan. Uh, and, and I can do it best by what happened to me just this last week. I drive over to the new building quite a bit and just sit there and pray over it. Sometimes I'll go through McDonald's in the morning, get a little breakfast, healthy things, you know, from McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a health food chain, isn't it? Okay. And so, and then I'll just pull up on the hill there by our prayer hut and just eat breakfast and just pray over the building and, you know, spend a little time before I go to the office or something. And this last week, I pulled in. While I pulled in, I, I listen to sermons constantly, just constantly. I have a six-disc CD changer, you know, and I'll have six sermon CDs in the same time. My, my wife says, couldn't you just put one uh, regular CD in, just, you know, so we don't have to listen to sermons all the time. Of course, sometimes she likes it, though, because sometimes when we drive, she likes to take a nap, so she likes that. So anyway, um, I, I, right now I have Pastor Jack Hayford sermon. I have uh, one, uh, about 100 CDs from Pastor Jack that are called the Encyclopedia of Prayer, and I have another about 100 that are called the Encyclopedia of Worship, so I've been listening to Pastor Jack quite a bit. Well, I pulled in, and Pastor Jack was telling this story where his son was five years old in church, and they were having communion. 
And he said to his son, son, do you know what all this is about? And his son said, I think it's about Jesus. He's five years old. By the way, that's a pretty safe answer. Uh, I used to, you know, travel and preach these revivals, and we'd ask our children when they were young, you know, we'd say afterwards, we want you, before we'd say, now I want you to listen, Daddy preached tonight. Afterwards, he'd say, now did you listen what Daddy preached on? And they'd say, uh, about Jesus <laughs> and God. Preach about Jesus and God. So anyway, he said, I think it's about Jesus. And Jack said, son, it's all about Jesus. Okay, so I'm listing that. When I pulled into our property, it was just like, the, it was like God said to me, son, do you know what all this is about? And I could just hear myself saying, well, I think it's about Jesus. And him saying, son, it's all about Jesus. Now, let me tell you why we're all about people. We're all about people because it's all about Jesus. Jesus came for people. So we are all about people. That's a, it's a clear vision values, and that gives us structural momentum. Here's the third under structural momentum, solid financial principles. Now, if you've been around here any at all, Gateway Church is built on solid financial principles. I preached on the blessed life. God has used that message to go all over the world. I speak to pastors' conferences continually about the blessed life. Um, by the way, most of you know this, that when I wrote that book, uh, I believe in giving the first to God. And I closed the manuscript, put my hands on it to pray over it, and just like this, the Holy Spirit said to me, would you give this one to me? Would you give this one to me? And I, uh, I said, Lord, I'd love to give this book to you. That book has been a bestseller. All of the proceeds from that book have gone to Gateway Church. And it's seven figures. I mean, it's a lot of money that God has blessed our church with through that book. So anyway, I, I talk about it. But the blessed life, it's a life, walks on two legs, okay? Stewardship and generosity. And listen to me very carefully. You could say another way. Living below your means, giving generously. Living and giving. Listen. There are people who don't live below their means, but they give. Listen to me carefully. God will never bless you. It's, it would be against his nature to bless a poor steward. He, couldn't, he cannot do that. Even though he wants to, he can't bless you. If you continue to live above your means, God cannot bless you. There are other people who live below their means, but they're stingy. They don't give generously. God will never bless them either because he never blesses selfishness. Now, I preach that, but let me let you know something. You probably know this. We practice this as a church. As a church, we live below our means, and we give generously. Our, our, a few years ago, our budget was $18 million. Our income was $26 million. There's hardly any church in America that does that. Uh, then the next year, our budget was $24 million. Our income was $34 million. Last year, our budget was $35 million. Our income was $50 million. Now, and let me tell you something, let me just remind you of something, because when I preach at these pastors' conferences, they, they, when they introduce me, many times they talk about the, the amount of money. We are more than twice the most generous church in America. Now, it used to be there was a, what they call the most generous church. We've exceeded that by double. And here's the thing I want to remind you of, and I tell these pastors this, and their jaw just drops. We've never passed the plate. Never one time. Now, let me tell you why I'm telling you that. Because you're the ones to thank for that. Because you caught it. You've caught it, and you give generously, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. But I want you to know that we handle that tithe. We say many, many times in an elders meeting, this is the tithe, guys. This is the tithe. We better be very careful because this is the Lord's money. 
that we're talking about when we put it into the budget. So I want you to know, we, we practice what we preach. By the way, there are a lot of churches that uh, give generously. There are very few that are good stewards, really. They, their budget, they're right on with their budget, and it's, it's, it's horrible. And when, like last year, they went through a different we, our, our accounting firm, listen to this, our accounting firm worked with 400 churches, 400 churches, most of them large churches, mega churches like this. They said to us at the end of the year, you are the only church that we work with out of the 400 that did not lay people off in 2009. You're the only church. And I'm grateful for that. So, so I want to tell you thank you. And let me just remind you too, we're in the time frame when we need people to fulfill their commitments to Project 114. And by the way, you want to hear something exciting about Project 114? We were, we were ahead of schedule. We were supposed to get in the first week of January. We're going to get in the middle of November. So, so it's pretty exciting. So, um, but please, please give over and above your tithe. Keep, continue to Project 114. And if you didn't make a commitment, you can give. All you do is mark it on your check, mark it in your bank, whatever you do. Project 114, we really need to continue doing that, all right? All right, um, here's the second thing I want to tell you about momentum. I told you structural momentum, and I had three areas to uh, talk about it. Here's the second, systematic momentum. We have systematic momentum. In other words, we have systems in place to support the structure that we have. This is very important to understand because I'm telling you, you can apply this in your own life. Here's, here's one of the number one under systematic momentum, sermon series. A sermon series gives us systematic momentum. It is extremely important that you take people somewhere. There's a lot of preachers that basically get their sermons on Saturday. And just whatever hits their fancy that week is what they preach on. I really believe that we are moving like the tabernacle in the Old Testament. We are the uh, moving following the cloud. And we need to follow the cloud, but God is taking us somewhere. And let me say something about the uh, series. People will say to me, Pastor, I wish you'd preach on this. They'll say, like, I wish you'd do a series on the family. Here's my response. I wish I would too. I wish I would too. I'd love to do a series on the family. You need to understand something, though. I do not determine what I preach. The Holy Spirit does. Amen. The Holy Spirit determines what we need and when we need it. And uh, the media department around here, as a matter of fact, they, will, they, they wish that the Holy Spirit would give it to me a little sooner. <laughs> but I can't give it to them until he gives it to me. So sermon series produces momentum. Uh, uh, here's number two, healthy small groups. Healthy small groups. And I, told, I know I told you to turn to Matthew 22. You don't need to. Let me just reference it, all right? They asked Jesus the greatest commandment. He, he named two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, on these hang all the law and prophets. Let me boil it down for you. Love God and love people. Let me boil it down some more. Relationship with God, relationship with people. One of the reasons we have such momentum around here is because we're a family, not just people who gather together on the weekends. And one of the reasons, main reasons we're a family is because we have healthy small groups. By the way, just to let you know, uh, we have uh, six, more than 6,000 people involved in gateway groups. More than 6,000. And we have over 600 small groups. And you know what? I don't know if they can go back to this, but under financial principles, I was going to give you a, a figure. So if they can go back to it, 2,324 people 
attended financial stewardship classes and training last year. That to me is really exciting because you, you can get up and preach all day on giving, but when people's finances are out of order, they can't give. And so we're trying to help them in that area as well. So healthy small groups. By the way, this is actually the strength of the old Sunday school system. I, I grew up in that. But I, I remember in the old Sunday school system, that's what they were doing. They were building relationships, not just learning the Bible. As a matter of fact, I, I know of one church where they got mad at the pastor. And um, so they would come to Sunday school class, see all their friends, and then the whole Sunday school class would go out to eat during church because they were boycotting. the. the okay, so well that, that's not healthy small groups, by the way, okay? All right, here's the third systematic moment, and we have freedom and equipping ministry. Freedom and equipping ministry. This provides a systematic momentum for us for discipleship, discipling people. You have to have freedom ministry and equipping. Equipping is discipleship, things like that. Freedom ministry is also some discipleship. But let me, let me say it another way, okay? <laughs> you, can't cast out a, uh, you can't cast out the flesh, and you can't disciple a demon. There are still demons today. And people need to get free from demonic spirits. And what we're doing is we're trying to disciple people who aren't free. But once they get free, they still need to be discipled because you have to deal with the flesh. You have to put aside the old man. So that's freedom and equipping are very important. 5,514 people attended freedom ministry classes last year. 989 people received ministry through Kairos. And 10,100 people attended Gateway Equip classes. That's one of the reasons we have such momentum here at Gateway. And here's the third category uh, as far as momentum, and it's called spiritual momentum. Now, actually, this is the most important, but I put it last because I wanted to end with this. Spiritual momentum, and let me tell you why we have spiritual momentum. Three reasons. Number one, because we focus on the Word of God, which is the power of God, by the way. We focus on the Word of God. I put the Word in my uh, sermons. We teach the Word in our life groups. We teach classes on the Word of God. The Word of God is the only thing that will change your life. Even though I use, try to use good illustrations, illustrations don't change your life. They may help you understand the principle from the Word of God, but it's only the Word of God that changes your life. So that is the power of God. We focus on the Word of God. Number two, we focus on worship. The worship is the presence of God. Now, in a minute, we're going to talk about the purpose of God, too. The power, the presence, and the purpose of God. But let me just say something. I believe Rick Warren's a great guy. I love the guy. I've been with him several times. I absolutely, his book's great. You know, it's tremendous. He talks about being purpose-driven, the purpose-driven life. It's excellent, excellent. But I, I would just like to add something to that. I want us to be purpose-driven. There is a purpose. But the reason I believe we can be purpose-driven is because we're presence-driven. We believe in getting in the presence of God at Gateway Church. And I know Rick believes that as well. Uh, and we believe in the power of God. So you must believe in the presence of God, the power of God, and the purpose of God. By the way, our worship team, and our worship team's incredible. I don't know if you know this, we are the number two church in the world putting out worship music all over the world. All over the world. Uh, Three, our, our, our worship pastors, Carrie Job is one of our worship pastors. She was nominated for three Dove Awards this year. Um, our, the song that came out of here, Revelation Song, nominated for the best song of the year this last year for a Dove Award. 
um, we, we, twi- we have 28 songs. Now, th- I want you, this is incredible. We have 28 songs. This is according to Integrity Music in the top songs being sung all over the world. All over the world. Every time I go to a conference to speak, they sing gateway songs. Uh, and we, I, when I said we're number two, number one's Hillsong. That's the number one church in the world. I'll be at Hillsong in May, by the way. I'm going to speak on the blessed life at Hillsong with Brian Houston. And by the way, next year Brian's coming here. So he'll be here, and we're going to see if we can get him to bring some of his worship team with him. Just, just you know, just put him in suitcase or something, but bring him, you know, too. So our worship team, though, has written songs going all over the world. But let me tell you something else. Our worship team provided worship leadership for over 1,000 services at Gateway Church in 2009. If you think about this, we have 13 services every weekend. So that's over 600 right there. And last year, we only had 11 services every weekend, so which was about 500, a little over 500. So our worship team just does an incredible job. Would you agree with that? I mean, they are awesome. So we got to focus on the presence of God. Uh, here's what Moses said. God, if your presence doesn't go with us, I don't want to go. And that's the way I feel too. If you're not going to go with us, God, we don't want to go. And here's the third, focus on war, which is the purpose of God. We focus on war around here, which is the purpose of God. Now, let me tell you, there's air warfare and ground warfare. Let me tell you the difference. Air warfare is prayer. Ground warfare is evangelism and missions. Gateway Church is extremely focused on both. We are focused on prayer. Prayer is the oil that runs the engine. Listen, let me just apply this to your own life. You will lose your engine if you stop praying. Don't try to run your engine without prayer because prayer is the oil that runs your engine. So we spend time in prayer. We pray before every meeting, before staff meeting, before elders meeting. We begin all of our elders meetings with worship and prayer. We have one of the worship pastors come in. We worship and pray. Uh, Let me just say this from experience. It goes a lot better when you worship and pray at the beginning. Much better. So we uh, pray uh, constantly. And when we talk about prayer, remember how we do prayer? We pray for people every service. Listen to this. This is going to blow you away. More than 14,000 people received altar ministry in 2009. We prayed for over 14,000 people at our altar last year. So we also have a tremendous focus on evangelism. You know, we did the evangelism series in February. Uh, Pastor Jimmy, I listened to the message, thought it was an incredible message last week. We had two figures. Uh, One was a little over 700. The actual figure, though, was almost 500. It was about 480-something in the month of February that accepted Christ. But that's incredible. 480 people getting saved in one month is incredible. Uh, Let me tell you a few other things we've done. We've equipped more than 400 pastors and leaders. This was last year for Jewish ministry in the U.S. and abroad. We took nine congregational mission trips to six countries and 45 pastoral trips to 16 countries. That's when we send out teams of pastors here to teach other pastors in other nations. All right, and here's something. When we talk about evangelism, I think you're going to like these statistics. This is 2009. This doesn't include February last month. That's 2010. Last year in 2009, 480 children accepted Christ in our children's ministry. 250 teenagers accepted Christ in our youth ministry last year. 
and 1,287 adults accepted Christ in our services last year. Now, you add those three numbers up and it's 2017. Here's what I want you to think about though. Last year we averaged about 11,200 or 11,300, something like that in attendance. 11,300 I think. Okay, But 11,000 people, we had 2,000 people saved. That's almost 20% of our attendants became new believers last year. That, that is a wonderful, wonderful, there are people, there are churches that don't grow by 1% or 2% every year accepting Christ. So we are extremely focused on God and people. It's all about Him, and so we're all about people. Now, um, I want to just give you one more little example from Scripture. Remember I talked about structural, system, systematic, and a spiritual momentum? In Numbers chapter 3, when they moved the, you don't have to turn there, but when they, you can read it later, when they moved the tabernacle, they broke it down into three parts. Now, this is just kind of amazing to me. They broke it into three parts. They, the poles was one part. The tent was another part. And the articles within the Holy of Holies was one part. The poles and the tents, they carried on wagons. They carried the poles on eight wagons. They carried the tents on four wagons. But the articles they carried on the priest's shoulders. They were never to be carried on. Now, listen to this. We're talking about structural momentum. That's the poles. <laughs> Systematic momentum. That's the tents. And spiritual momentum. That's the articles in the Holy of Holies, which were carried only on the priest's shoulders. I just thought that was interesting when I saw these three things talking about momentum. Now, here's the way I want to end this before we pray for people, all right? If you're here in this service, and no matter which campus you're attending or which service you're attending, North Richland Hills, uh, NR, uh, NRH, they're the same. North Richland Hills, <laughs> NRH, or uh, Harkins Theater, or South Lake. You may be attending another service at the South Lake campus. But if you're in the service at one of those locations, if you, and I'm not trying to embarrass you, but we want to rejoice with you, okay? And you got saved, or you came back to God, you recommitted your life to Christ, God really did something powerful in your life in 2009. You either came to God, or you came back to God in 2009, and you're in this service. Again, I, we don't want to embarrass you, really, but we want to rejoice with you. I just want to just show just a little bit of what God, would you stand up? If you're one of those people, would you stand up? Just stand up. Look over here. Look at these people. Look at this. Thank you, Lord. You guys can be seated. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And it's possible because you've caught the revelation of serving, giving, praying, loving, reaching out, and I want you to know, I could not be more proud of you as a pastor. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We want to do what we do every week, and that's minister to you. If you're here today, no matter which campus you're attending, Southlake, NRH, or Harkins, and you're going through a difficulty, please don't be embarrassed because we all go through difficulties. But you're going through a difficulty, maybe in your family, maybe your finances, maybe the Holy Spirit showed you that you have a lack of structural momentum in your life.
a lack of systematic momentum in your life. Or maybe you have a lack of spiritual momentum. You've let the, the emphasis slack off in your life of being focused on the Word of God or focused on worship or focused on prayer, world, the war, prayer and evangelism. But you're going through a difficulty, and all of us go through difficulties. Please don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed about that. We all go through difficulties, and we all need prayer. So now, no matter which service you're attending, no matter which campus you're attending, if you're going through any type of difficulty, in just a moment, we're going to stand. When we stand, I want you to just step out and come to one of the leaders and just let us pray for you, all right? God hears prayer, and prayer changes things. Actually, God changes things when we pray. And maybe you are one of those that you need to give your life to God this year. You need to be one that stands next year. You need to come to God or you need to come back to God. So if, you, if that's you, then as soon as we stand up, just stand up and just step out and come. Come to one of the leaders at the front. We'll have leaders at the front of all of our services at Southlake, NRH, Harkins, and Overflow. Anyone in the Overflow rooms will have leaders. So if you need prayer, when we stand up, just step out and come. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that needs any prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.